It's Talk Like a Pirate Day today, and guess what? I don't talk like a pirate on the podcast. So enjoy this non-pirate edition of This Is Today. Welcome to This Is Today, the podcast that features the stories that make this day unique. It's Saturday, September 19th, 2020. I'm Russ, and here's what you need to know about today. Well, it is National Dance Day, so do the Macarena, or the Chicken Dance, or the YMCA, or whatever it is that you can do. Uh, go for it. Now, if you don't know any dances, maybe ask a kid, and they'll teach you some of those Fortnite dances, and you can learn how to floss. It's also National Gymnastics Day, and I gotta think about the gymnasts that were getting all ready for the 2020 games. Well, they were postponed until 2020. So they're probably still getting ready today. And lastly, this is the big one. It is Talk Like a Pirate Day. Now, you don't have to put on a hook hand or an eye patch. It's not dress like a pirate. It's just talk like a pirate day. So annoy all your friends by saying batten down the hatches and all of those things several times today. Hey, have you ever wondered why the pirates talk that way? Or at least we think that they talk that way. Well, English actor Robert Newton played pirates in several films, including a couple of Disney films, you know, the Treasure Island films. He played Long John Silver in those films, the title character. The actor was born in England, so he went with it. And that's how we got our pirate accent because of one actor in some movie. And now we all talk like a pirate, eh? All right, batten down the hatches, you scallywags. Let's talk about the events of today. The first one is in 1778. The Continental Congress passed the first United States federal budget. Well, after the Revolutionary War, the United States had incurred a large amount of debt, large for the times. Congress at this time also had the power to tax. So they created this budget with a bunch of money coming in, a bunch of money going out. And generally, for the first 200 years of United States history, the budget was at a surplus, or at least balanced. Where are we now on this? Well, our budget is $4.79 trillion in 2020, and our public debt is $20 trillion. In 1776, George Washington's farewell address was printed across America as an open letter to the public. In this farewell address, the president advised American citizens to view themselves as a cohesive unit and to avoid political parties. He also issued heavy warnings about attachments and entanglements with other nations. Good thing we hear nothing in the news about that from our two-party system. By the way, in the musical Hamilton, the song One Last Time includes an excerpt from the actual historical text of Washington's farewell address. Moving from our first president to our 20th, U.S. President James Garfield died of wounds that he suffered from a July 2nd shooting, and Vice President Chester Arthur became president upon Garfield's death on this day in 1881. Garfield was only president for six months. Garfield was going to a train station in Washington, D.C. with his sons back in July of 1881. Back then, the president's schedule was not protected. In fact, it was typically printed in the newspaper. The assassination of Lincoln was deemed just a fluke and a part of the Civil War, so the president still had very little security. 
Even though just 16 years before the Lincoln assassination happened, the assassin, Charles Guiteau, wanted to be minister to France. Uh, By the way, he didn't speak French, and somehow he felt that he was the right guy for this job. He frequently visited the White House to try to get the job. By the way, that was typical for this time. That's how they selected people for positions like this. So once he realized that he wasn't going to receive the job, he purchased a gun. Not just any gun. He wanted to find a gun that would look good in a museum. See, he thought that this would make him famous. He followed Garfield several times, but each time he lost his nerve. However, this day was different. Charles hid unnoticed in the shadows of the train station. He took out his revolver and shot Garfield twice, once in the arm and once in the back. The shot was not fatal. There were 12 doctors on scene. They inserted fingers into the president's wound, trying to pull out the bullets. They did this on the floor of the train station at first, and then they took Garfield to a mattress upstairs in a private office where several doctors examined him and continued to probe the wound with unwashed fingers. At his request, Garfield was taken back to the White House. Over the next few days, Garfield did make some improvements, but the doctors were still concerned about the bullet that was still lodged in the president. They even had telephone inventor Alexander Graham Bell try to locate the bullet with a primitive metal detector. That didn't work out and was complicated by the fact that Alexander Graham Bell didn't know that Garfield was on a bed with metal springs, so they couldn't find the bullet. Garfield wanted to go to New Jersey because of excessive heat in Washington, D.C., so he left the White House for the last time on September 5th, traveling to Long Branch, New Jersey on a specially cushioned railroad car. It was there in 1981, on this day, that he died. As for Guiteau, well, he was sentenced for the crime in January of 1882 and was executed five months later. All right, let's go back to the train station. In attendance at the train station at the assassination was Robert Todd Lincoln. He was the son of Abraham Lincoln. While Robert Todd Lincoln was not at his father's assassination, he did arrive there shortly after. So he was there technically for the Lincoln assassination. He was there for the Garfield assassination. And recently I talked to you about the William McKinley assassination. Well, he was there too. He wasn't an eyewitness to the event, but he was just outside the building when the shooting occurred. And that marked the last time that he ever went to a presidential event. When he was invited in the future, he said, no, I'm not going. There's a certain fatality about presidential functions when I am present. In 1970, the first episode of the sitcom Mary Tyler Moore Show aired on TV. The groundbreaking series starred Mary Tyler Moore as a single, independent, working woman at a time when female characters were mainly defined as a wife or a girlfriend or a widow. But Mary Richards was an unmarried, independent woman, and it focused on her career as a producer for the fictional WJM News Program. Unlike today, back then... A lot of the shows didn't have complex characters or deep storylines. This show was different in that it did have those things. It also had Betty White, so it's got to be one of the greatest shows of all time, right? In this day in 1988, U.S. Olympic diver Greg Louganis hit his head on the diving board. This was during the preliminary rounds of the Olympics. But guess what? He still qualified, and the next day, he earned a gold medal. That's not the end of this story, though. When he got injured, he did get a minor cut and some blood got into the pool. What none of us knew, but Luganus knew, was that he was paralyzed with fear because he was HIV positive and he thought that someone else could catch 
HIV from the blood that was in the pool. He didn't reveal his HIV status until seven years after the incident. On this day in 2014, Omar Gonzalez jumped one of the fences surrounding the White House. He made it all the way to the doors of the North Portico. Upon entering, he was tackled and overtaken by the Secret Service. President Obama and his family were not there at the time of the incident. Just last month, Donald Trump was at the White House when an unidentified person was shot near the White House grounds as the president was giving a briefing in the press room. The Secret Service came in and told the president that he had to leave. Well, the president came back a few minutes later and explained the situation to the press. He probably tweeted about it, too. And speaking of tweets, sad news. Last year in California, a tour bus crashed. It contained the road crew for the Josh Turner tour. Several members of the crew died in the accident. All right, taking a look at birthdays for today. In 1928, Adam West, he starred as Batman. He was born on this day. He died in 2017. Actor Jeremy Irons is 72. Twiggy, she was a supermodel from the 70s. She's 71 today. Trisha Yearwood is 56. Soledad O'Brien, the journalist, she's 54. Jimmy Fallon is 46. And Allison Sweeney is 44. That's your look at September 19th, 2020. Thanks for listening to This Is Today. We do our best to pull together all the correct information. If we made a mistake and you heard it, you're super smart and we're super sorry. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and give us a five star if you think we deserve it. If you would like to make sure that we cover something on a future episode, just let us know. Go to thisistodaypodcast.com to make suggestions, give us feedback, and see our other podcasts. I hope you enjoyed learning about today. I'm Russ, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. Yeah.